0: Welcome to Work-Life-In-Balance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And
1: I'm your lovely office companion. Wait, fuck. (laughs) I'm so... I I am... I am your lovable office companion. Fuck. I was, so, I was so concerned about doing an accent that I fucked up my only line that is prepared in this show.
0: Oh, man. I, I thought you were going to be my loverly flatmate.
1: <laughs> no. No.
0: Continue. Uh, where was I? Our weekly agenda <laughs> includes addressing some audience questions. And taking on a few issues from the internet, but first, time for the daily stand-up.
1: Well, it's it's off to a great start so far. So I mean, let's see what we can do from here.
0: We can guarantee that we're not phoning this one in by any stretch.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, we we did the clip show last week, and I, you know, thinking about our, our past. I, I don't know what phoning it in would look like for us because we already don't like, we don't prepare a lot. We prepare some, but we, we don't necessarily have like a script or anything. What what does phoning it in look like for us? I'm really concerned. Some of us don't have a script, Eric Some of us are looking at a script right now. <laughs> well, there's like a limited script. There's like a skeleton of a script, not like literally here's what we're going to say. This is not, this is, this this buffoonery is not truly scripted. Like, we are not, like, reading lines and stage directions from our script. Let me so see. Let me I would see. call all right. It,
0: Line seven Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs>
1: <sighs> but no, so we're we are not phoning it in. We are in the best shape of our lives. And, oh, that's we some are ready. sad shit, <laughs> <laughs> Derek. It is. I'm, um,. I guess it I guess it is kind of untrue, but like given the last ten years, I think we're both probably in the best shape of our lives. That's which like true. you said, that's very, very sad, but but no
0: less true. We could have one of those Eye of the Tiger training montages and then just at the end it's us <laughs> and we look exactly the same except now we're sweaty and unhappy. <laughs>
1: I was about to say, by the end of the song there'd be like some sort of like knee blowout. <laughs> <laughs> a trip to the hospital, <laughs> the song would finish as the ER was pulling up or the, you know, the EMTs were pulling up to the ER. Yeah, I would, that, that I would, would hold your look. hand in the, uh, in the ambulance, Derek. It would, I would. I'd prefer you didn't, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so if you actually had some daily standup material, you can say that now. In, in your script, you will see a line that says, insert daily standup here. Do I hear a goddamn cell phone, Frank? You do. Is that what I just... Oh, my God. Here I am holding this shit together with, with twine and my brute force of will, and you didn't silence your fucking cell phone. <laughs> Did you go answer the phone? Motherfucker. Maybe that was a call from his bookie. Not that he owes money, too, but he is the person that goes and breaks kneecaps so maybe that's what he's doing uh but before the break we i was berating you for for your cell phone being on um you you cursed me so hard i actually fell off the internet completely and and that's fine i i feel that that, that is par for the course when you know at, at at the top i i destroyed an irish accent with a hope of making this uh some sort of festive Saint Patrick's Day I don't know b- bit or something. I don't know. Um that didn't go well. <laughs> we dyed the audio green. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any uh St. Patty's Day festivities, Frank?
0: Uh I don't uh, I don't celebrate being in the goddamn woods. <laughs> uh yeah, I don't celebrate St. Patrick's Day in and of itself, but St. Patrick's Day means corned beef and cabbage is cheap, and uh-huh. so we're going to eat a lot of corned beef and cabbage.
1: Which, I, I mean, fiscally, that makes perfect
0: sense. Like, Which is good. Totally I, for that. I like cabbage, I like corned beef, and so it, it tends to work out well. It's like, oh, hey, guess what? Corned beef and cabbage were on sale again, so we're going <laughs> to have some more corned beef and cabbage. And I'm like, hooray.
1: Yeah. Because it's keto-friendly. I, and so my, I think honestly, my only legitimate complaint with uh, most of the ways that uh, restaurants around here celebrate St. Patrick's Day is that you know they will offer you know, some some amount of corned beef and cabbage. Well, the problem is is that like you get like this tiny little cube of corned beef and like this little like you know four ounce cup of of cabbage. No, 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 no. That that does not like I'm. I'm Welsh which More. is which is close to to Irish I suppose like there's a there's a little bit of overlap on some of that. So I feel the call to corned beef and cabbage pretty heavily. What I need well okay needs a strong word. What I want is I want a buffet of corned beef and cabbage. Oh that what, that could be good. It could be good, but it would also be obviously extremely dangerous.
0: Yeah, the only thing I can think of is we would have to have it outdoors. I think an outdoor <laughs> festival of some sort.
1: Um I I think that's I think that's a great way to kind of um like diffuse is is a bad word cuz that 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 has some like uh air component to it which I don't necessarily want. I don't want to overemphasize em- the the blue joke on the undertone of this. Like, I want uh, that would be a good way to make sure that it has as little impact as possible. Lots of air; it has to be on. A, I mean, optimally, you have it on a windy day, but it's it's on a particular yeah, day would. per year. So you.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. Um... <laughs> Sorry. All right. So it's so it's done outside, like. That that definitely helps. Um, I think an all-you-can-eat uh, buffet is is a is a bad time, but I I do think that like it should be kind of like uh, <laughs> like they have like beer festivals where when you get your ticket like you get or when you when you buy your entrance you get a certain number of tickets that you can uh, acquire beer and or other things with. So I think that there should be multiple vendors. Each of them are giving out four ounces of uh this this wonderful corned beef uh and you know a small amount of cabbage
0: i'm legit there with you because to some extent one can say beer tastes like beer and yet beer Uh festivals are are fairly popular because there's a lot of variation in in how the beer tastes There are different types of beers i i would be enthused to see all the different recipes for corned beef and cabbage
1: that are out there absolutely cause there have to be a bunch. Like I, I I know that most of the ones that I have tasted have been kind of, I would call them kind of run of the mill. Like they're just not particularly specially done. Um, but I've had a couple that were, you know, just like flavor explosions. So, you know, if they don't exist, if, if we can't find one to, to celebrate the holiday in the right way, I think we should create one. I need to see this happen.
0: Beer fest, eh, that's okay. Corn beef and cabbage fest.
1: Yeah. I mean it, I I don't feel that it's a stretch for like the, the persona that I project on this show to uh, I don't I don't feel that I'm being untrue to anything. So so yes, I am I am all in on the corned beef and cabbage festival.
0: Now, festival? I think for, for festival. our festival of uh, the celebration of St. Patrick's Day, what we do is we go against these nasty, nasty stereotypes and we uh-huh. don't
1: have beer. That, that's fine. That, that's wasted room uh, that could be filled with more corned beef and cabbage.
0: And then, and then we could add stuff like Colcannon. What is Colcannon? Colcannon is mashed potato. And okay.
1: Mashed cabbage. In the same dish? Yes. <laughs> oh. That's pretty I good. I did not know about this. That that satisfies two things at once. Hmm. Okay, what I'm hearing is that we need to have the 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 core tenant of the festival is that every it can have as many Irish dishes as you want, but they have to have either corned beef or cabbage in them. So the coal cannon uh, still fits that bill. So, I've made myself hungry, Frank. So it...
0: I'm I'm distracted by my desire for. <laughs> See, for you, Derek, it's all the things, but for me, the the mashed potato portion of uh-huh. of the coal cannon is now what's calling to me, since I cannot have
1: the potato. Since, pot- since potatoes are illegal for you, which I mean, a case can be made that that cabbage. Is and should be illegal for me, but I think if if any holiday can can put the diet on pause, it should be St. Patrick's Day and our corned beef and cabbage festival. I,
0: you know, I think we're just making up reasons to have cheat days at this point because just earlier we had the festival of the inedible baby, mm-hmm. and now and now we're trying to celebrate cabbage fest 2019 and they're not that far apart from each
1: other derek (laughs) no uh you're you're not wrong like (laughs) if nobody else is gonna give me a fucking excuse i'm gonna create one of my own frank (laughs) i'm so hungry (laughs) (laughs) all right all right let's uh let's
0: get to an audience question before cabbage days has you (laughs) leaving the microphone (laughs) All right. Hit me with a question. I've been working at my company for a few years, but I've recently been assigned a new manager. He's an old school style machismo manager, though he doesn't seem to be overtly a jerk. The problem I have is that he constantly makes the most terrible, unphony jokes that you've ever heard. And he looks around Uh expectantly waiting for people to laugh at them. So far, someone has at least given a chuckle after his bad jokes, but what if one day they don't? Do we just sit there and stare at him? Or pretend like he didn't just do something embarrassing? How do I handle this? Do I give him a pity laugh? What if it's fake and he can tell? How can I possibly end this unending hell? From Harried by Humor in Hartsford.
1: My god.
0: I feel attacked,
1: Derek. (laughs) <laughs> um I really should have expected this more uh, when we started this podcast and and wanted people to send in their their awkward and uncomfortable office situations. But once again, this has brought up another one of my greatest fears, which is somebody saying something and expecting a laugh when you know it it wasn't funny. Maybe it's maybe it's projection. Maybe I am projecting my own insecurities about the things that I say and uh, people not finding them funny. It's but, just this but, podcast, isn't it, Dirk? <laughs> <sighs> I I am so uncomfortable with this question because I am the person like I I don't have I don't have a great fake laugh. Like I don't I don't find myself uh, being a fake laugher all that much. But the thing is. I will laugh at anything. Like just because I laugh at something doesn't necessarily mean it's funny. I mean, so I'm normally that person that is a, like the definite. Like if if anybody's going to laugh, it's going to be me. So how how can they get around this? If it was you, like I think it's a little too specific, but if it's you,
0: Derek, if anybody is saying a joke that's just not funny, uh-huh, just pretend that they made a little poot at the end. Just, just the thought of that makes me giggle. See, I know your sense of humor.
1: I, <laughs> I'm concerned that I'm that easy to read, but but I know that I, I said that about myself. I think probably when we started the podcast. Uh, but yeah, if if I were to imagine somebody just passing a little bit of gas after they finish a, uh, a joke, I I think that would work out very well for me. The question is. Do I, do I always have to assume or always have to add the little imaginary poot, uh, even if it is funny, or should I only reserve that for the unfunny ones? I mean, I think it probably helps if at the end of
0: every single line that anyone says, you just imagine. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that's a pretty good Foley there, Frank. <laughs> I mean, I hope it was Foley. <laughs> I'm thinking for anybody else. You just have to be Canadian. (laughs) Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait.
0: What are you trying to say, Frank? What I'm trying to say, Derek, is not all of us find to be as funny as you do. (laughs) Although I now have developed a secret weapon. Whenever I tell a joke that I think is going to bomb, all I have to do is go at the end of it and then cut that part. During editing, and it's going to sound like I am a goddamn comedic genius. (laughs) I wish you
1: were wrong, but you're not.
0: Wow, Derek thinks everything that guy says is funny. Must be true.
1: (laughs) All right, all right. For for
0: everyone else, what can they do? I I think this person needs to adopt the Canadian method. Which is? So when I went to Canada for a while... I thought that I was bombing, that there was some cross-cultural thing that just was not working, because every time I would say something that I assumed was pretty funny, the only thing everyone around me would respond to is, that's right.
1: <laughs>
0: it could be the funniest thing I'd ever said, and the only thing I got
1: from everybody else was, that's right. Like, how do they keep from laughing? If something is genuinely funny, how do they keep from laughing?
0: It's not in the Canadian character to laugh, Derek. Really? They are a
1: humorless people. <laughs> I feel that's painting us into a corner on where we stand on, on Canadians. All those three-star ratings that we've gotten from Canada, Derek, they think we're great. So do we think that, that maybe... Uh just nobody truly funny has made it to Canada and they they have they're just unsure how to laugh.
0: That might be it. I mean I don't think anyone funny has ever come from
1: Canada. <laughs> Boy, if we were ever going to get get feedback, this is where we're gonna get the feedback. <laughs> <laughs> <We're>... <laughs> <laughs> we can talk uh, about bad bosses we can, we can shit on Guy Fieri all we want But as soon as we start Start crapping on Canadians Then we get the hate mail I mean <laughs> John Candy Dan Aykroyd uh, Jim Carrey I assume there are many Many other funny Canadians that come from America's hat. So I, I am concerned about one thing, Frank. I am concerned that, so they they told you this. They said, don't worry, Frank. That's just how we respond. Uh, what is the likelihood that that might be a lie? Oh, I ha- mean, 100%. Ha- <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> uh I was going to ask if there had been any like Wikipedia research to back this up or if we were just going off of anecdotal evidence and it is clear that uh, you, you took their word for it. <laughs> That's okay. That also means that I can't go to Canada now because if I go to Canada and people don't laugh at me, then I, then I will be very unsure as to whether or not I'm actually funny. Uh now, now this is giving me another complex. Like, <laughs> like
0: you need it anymore.:
1: Oh, yeah, seriously. like the, i'm I'm having to like kind of get a little crow hop to throw something on the top of the the neurosis pile.
0: I mean, what's <laughs> impressive to me is that you're able to balance all of them so effortlessly.
1: <laughs> well there's there there's an adhesive that that they all excrete that sticks them to one another so it can continue to grow and grow and grow without toppling over. Um, it, it may be less of an adhesive and more of just a... a the dried salt of your tears? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably far more likely. Um, all right, so, so if you aren't in Canada, uh, so, so if you can't adopt the pseudo-Canadian method of just responding to everything with, that's right. Um, is there any way to correct the behavior of this boss? Because I feel that a constant stream of, you know, not to be disparaging, but, you know, dad joke-esque, uh, comedy, it can get a little bit old in the office. So is there any way to kind of curb this guy a little bit, uh, to maybe have a quota or something, uh, to keep it from being constant?
0: I mean, I think you just bring in someone who is actually funny so that he has to then witness everyone actually
1: laughing at that person's jokes. <laughs> oh boy. This this is creating So this is kind of like swallowing the the spider to catch the fly, I think. Uh because because then your I I think your boss will will see them uh see Everybody laughing genuinely at this funny person. And then they will try they'll have harder. To,
0: they'll have to double down. That's right. Exactly.
1: Right. So this, so once he gets twice as bad, then I believe uh, we've reached critical mass. It's all grandpa jokes. <laughs> that's what's, that's worse than dad jokes. If it's anything like my grandfather's jokes, they primarily consist of pull by finger. Um, which, granted... Effective. <laughs> I think I know where some things occurred.
0: So much is made clear to me now, Derek. <laughs>
1: I did receive training in a very particular camp of comedy. But no, I, I like the idea. Bring in somebody to show him how to be actually funny. Uh, the only danger is make sure that the team chooses who gets hired, not the boss. If the boss chooses somebody... To be the comedy, the comic relief, um, then I'm afraid you have, yeah, then you have two people that are going to be dad comics. But Hmm. this
0: is this is the genius of that, Derek. I think this is an even better solution than my solution because, how so? If they get an even shittier comic, that's going to make the boss's comedy seem that much better.
1: So, so you're saying emotionally torture the other people in the office to such an extent that his jokes now become funny. That's how the org chart works, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> I can't disprove that. It's dangerous, but it could be effective. Yeah, I think that's the only solution. <laughs> Want to hit an issue from the internet? Yes. Yes, I do. And I picked this one specifically because it is St. Patrick's Day. was St. Patrick's Day yesterday. It's about to get thematic up in here.
0: See, we need to, we need to think ahead for when our release date is. Because mm-hmm. the last episode would have been a great episode for the St.
1: Patrick's Day special. It would have. <laughs> but. We're failing, Derek. But planning, planning is not my strong suit, Frank. After sixty something weeks of this, I I can't imagine it's not clear to you that planning is not my strong suit. Anyway, this issue is entitled How to Not Get Pinched at the Office on St. Patrick's Day by Anonymous. We'll call them Leonardo da Pinci. I'll repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> I said. <laughs> You're going to hell, Derek. (laughs) I accept that. Get on with the goddamn question. I work in a, quote, professional, unquote, office, but my coworkers really go overboard for holidays, and St. Patrick's Day is probably the worst of them all. They get very excited about the prospect of pinching people who aren't wearing green and are on the lookout all day for anyone not visibly wearing green. The problem is that I hate wearing green and I can't bring myself to wear it just to keep from getting pinched. How can I keep them from pinching me without wearing green? I feel as though I should be able to have a pinch-free environment, regardless of what day it is. What are my options? Call HR and be a
0: gigantic bummer. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I, I, That's, we've I, answered the question, Derek. Next song.
1: That, that is the way to fix it. <laughs> all right. You're, you're looking I, for I, I alternate like solutions. Alternate solutions that don't involve being a bummer. Because I, I think you are being a little bit telling in that, uh, you know, call HR and be the bummer. So I know how you feel about it. Like you, I can tell that you are all about the pension.
0: Oh, you know me, Derek. I, I often go through the office and, and place my hands upon people. <laughs>
1: but have not i mean that that is the primary concern here like sure like if you if you are at like a family event or something and somebody comes up to pinch you that there's nothing you can do about that they're their family in the office like unless there are like signed affidavits saying that pinching is is allowed and Accepted by all parties. Uh, laying your hands on anyone in the office, I think, is, is quite the no-no. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, if, if for no other reason than it, just
0: me being me, someone will approach me in order to touch me. And I am somehow <laughs> attached to the ceiling like a vampire from a movie. <laughs> like, I have been presented with the cross. No touchy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I've seen that a few times, and uh, it, it's quite impressive. I mean, you move way faster than somebody of your, your, your stature should be able to move. Um, and just the vertical height that you can achieve uh, when avoiding human touch is astounding. But it's a little bit rough on the, on the, on the ceiling tiles. For this, for this
0: particular person, I get they don't like to wear green, but I think on on this particular day they may have to make an exception, and wear a special wardrobe. That is completely covered in mouse traps.
1: <laughs> there we go. I like this a lot because you're not giving in to them, but you aren't letting them get away with it either. You have a pinch coat. That coat pinches back. What do we call this? Uh, a pinch coat? Yeah. Did did you say pinch coat? I did, Derek.
0: I've.
1: <laughs> so... I can see how much you pay attention to me. <laughs> no, no, I heard what you said, but it didn't register until I thought for a second what would be what would be a portmanteau, or what would it would yeah what would be a portmanteau? Funny wordplay, and I I came up with pinch coat, and then. <laughs> It wasn't funny the first time, but when
0: Derek (laughs) thought about it.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. I am sorry, Frank. (laughs) What you said was genuinely funny. It's just, I didn't. I was too slow to catch it the first time. No, pinch coat. Pinch coat is really good. That is a plus. So I think the pinch coat is is clearly the best option here. So so my my question is, with the mouse traps, you know they're going to be clicking all day uh, as people are trying to pinch you. How often do you need to plan breaks in order to reset all the traps? I mean, probably once every two hours. That's what I would. I would give it every two hours. That that seems reasonable. It it is dependent on the veracity of the people in your office. If they are, if they're a little slow, then you know you could probably get away with three or four hours before a reset. But uh, yeah, if they are, if they are as vehement as you say they are, as as zealous as you are implying, then yes.
0: This only holds true in an environment where you don't sit at a desk.
1: How so? Uh,
0: because when you're wearing the pinch coat and you sit down at your desk, you just fly into a thousand pieces. <laughs>
1: uh, I I think that that does present an interesting problem because yeah, you don't necessarily want to like. I mean, you're, you're just Mega to, Man you, touching the smallest spike. You're gonna have to implement a standing desk for the day, I believe. Um, or if you if you you know, plan ahead, like you can. Your 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 rump and uh, and thigh area can be devoid of of the trap, so that you can then sit comfortably. But uh, then when you're standing, you are in danger of <laughs> Which...
0: another different yet similar <laughs>
1: HR violation. A, a much more egregious HR violations. <laughs> oh goodness! But no, so. Uh, without exception, the pinch coat is your only option. Um, but you know, your implementation of the pinch coat, uh, send it to feedback at wlicast.com. If you are, if you create a pinch coat, let us know. (laughs) I guess they'll have to plan for next year since it is already past St. Patrick's Day. But, uh, I think people will, I think people will relate to that solution, Frank.
0: I think so, and, and this, this is how our content tends to work, is that everything we provide people with is, is a really good idea <laughs> 11 months <laughs> into yep. the future.
1: Yep. We are... This is good, <laughs> actionable future advice. Exactly. <laughs> set, a, set a Google reminder that in 11 months to listen back to this episode, and you'll be ready.
0: Want to hit an audience question, Derek? I never would have thought of that. Why don't we do that? I'm going crazy at my job. We've got three different team communication tools plus email. The only one everybody is mandated to have, nobody uses, and nobody can remember if they put something in an email or one of these tools. It's frustrating, but I've gotten used to it. We had. Just one project management tool. My boss just added me to another project management tool. This one is worse than the original, and there's no plan to switch. Just a few people decided to start using this new tool. Why? Toolman in Tennessee.
1: This this is a danger of, of the mixing of personalities and mixing of of people because everyone thinks that their favorite tool is the that's coming off really weird isn't it that that's coming off i afterwards. like hammers <laughs> that's good good save there frank <laughs> like i i understand you know okay you have 10 things that a that a, a communication suite or project management suite needs to take care of If each of them takes care of three things, you end up having four or five of them. I would assume that somebody somewhere has said, ha, we need a a tool to do all these 10 things. Let's go make a billion dollars with it. (laughs) Of course, then if you find that tool and you tell them, then it will then add another communication tool that everyone is required to use. (laughs) You see, I, I figured out the problem with my own plan before I'd finished explaining it. I have a cunning plan. This one is just...
0: It's been every single place that I have ever worked. And 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 you're right. It's because each person has their pet tool. You know, a lot of them, no one's going to adopt. Right. The new guy, Fred, who just started, and he has a favorite tool. Fuck you, Fred. (laughs) It becomes a problem when bosses... Begin finding favorite tools. They saw someone use something at South by Southwest or some shit like that, and they're like, this is the new hotness. But your boss doesn't necessarily have the institutional play to mandate that everyone use this tool. So only the people beneath him are now forced to use this tool.
1: And that that also calls into question whether or not they have the... Maybe not intelligence, but the the skills to use it entirely properly. Because you know, not only is adding a tool dangerous, adding an improper use of a tool is exponentially more dangerous. My solution is you
0: can only use email and telephones. <laughs> We're going back to 1985,
1: <laughs> baby. You take your slack so we, and you shove it right up your ass. I will... I will be I will be honest. I agree with taking Slack and shoving it where the sun don't shine because you you feel like you are like actually giving information to other people, but you're really just kind of like shoving that information off into a drawer and hoping that other people are going to also look at that drawer.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's that's the problem with this situation altogether is is you get so many different places that information could live. It uh-huh. stops being information because it's no longer actionable. No one no one knows where anything is. It's like, didn't you see where I sent that to you? No, fucker. Tell me, which of the six goddamn tools that we used did you send it to me in? Unofficially, the way this gets solved, and, and I think we should go ahead and make it the official way, whatever the CEO happens to be using this week is the official communication platform for the organization. Now, if you've got one of those no! hip with it CEOs, yeah, baby, they might change what the new hotness is every week, week and a half, and, and we're just going to have to abandon all the data that we had. We're going to have to realize that knowledge is ephemeral, and it is impossible for truth to be told to anyone.
1: <laughs> oh, I've, I feel so triggered right now, Frank. This is, oh, this is cutting deep. Because it's so difficult. To, to switch from one tool to the other because you have all this history. Well, you move to another tool, uh, it's not going to preserve that. And if that other tool goes away, your answer goes away, and that that is so painful. That is so bad. Which which it does lend credence to what you said before of going back to email. Now, I don't I don't agree with the phone because the phone is is even more like ephem- ephemeral and fleeting than an email. So I would say anything that you are expected to remember for later, send it in an email, send, send it in an email to yourself if you have to. Uh, but email needs to be the source of truth. Everything else can be discussion on top of whatever it is, but everything important (laughs) goes through email. I like your idea, Derek, but how about
0: this counterpoint? I have the solution. Uh Uh-huh. We create a new communication tool. (laughs) Eventually, it will collate all possible other communication tools. But until we have that functionality in place, it will function on its own single proprietary communication method. Uh Uh-huh. And everyone can use this new tool that will eventually maybe consume all the other tools. But for now, (laughs) we should go ahead and use the new tool that we've come up with. Oh, it'll be the best tool
1: if we can create that tool. And then it does effectively, you know, kind of blob every other tool and, uh, you know, in in some sort of forced assimilation. Um, I, I think that's fantastic. I'm concerned that you are, you are, this is the beginning of the, um, I think this is the beginning of the Borg to be honest, (laughs) because it's, it starts with communication tools Um, and everything is forced to assimilate, Uh, but then it's going to run out of tools to assimilate, and we'll start assimilating people.
0: Uh, All right, so now is probably not the time to tell you the name of this tool that I am developing. (laughs) Locutus. (laughs) I want to get to an issue from the internet, Derek.
1: Praise Jesus, yes. The title of this issue is why do I always look down while I'm walking by allergic to you? I always look at the ground while I'm walking anywhere as a default. I rarely look up. I don't know why. Today, I decided to look forward while walking through campus and noticed pretty much everyone, everyone else looks forward. Why do I always do this and how can I change my default setting? I feel like I'm constantly missing out on a sensual experience by staring at the ground all the time. Mm. So you might be able to guess why I included this question.
0: Step 1, baby. <laughs> Look up. <laughs> oh, um <laughs> step 2 it's... to reset this setting. You're going to have to go to Windows <laughs> preferences.
1: Look. I I've never heard tech support be done so sensually Frank is this a new service you provide
0: this is a new service that I am trying to roll out called (laughs) uncomfortable tech support
1: (laughs) I mean I didn't know that we needed that as a society but it does seem important because i'm am so sick and tired of calling tech support and being made to feel comfortable and and just stuck in my rut i need have you support. tried
0: mm, turning it off and turn <laughs> it on again
1: <laughs> i don't you know i don't think this product is for me i <laughs> Gonna, I'm going to walk this back a little bit. I'm
0: <laughs> That's okay, baby. To cancel your subscription, <laughs> grab a hold of your mouse.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I can't even sit through the tutorial about,
0: about unsubscribing.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. Um... Uh, so where were we? Boy. <laughs> so I I think it is clear that this person did not actually mean sensual experiences. Uh, they meant sensory experiences. I mean, I assume they meant that. Aren't all like, sensual experiences sensory, though, Derek?
0: This is true, but not all <laughs> not all sensory experiences are sensual. I mean, who knows, Um, maybe this person, after a lifetime spent staring at their own fucking shoes for whatever reason, (laughs) they looked up and for the first time realized the beauty of the world around them, and they were struck to their core. And by their core, I mean their no-no zone.
1: (laughs) I mean, you know, people say that they're looking for love in all the wrong places all the time. Down at your feet is the wrong place to look for love for most people. Not to yuck your yum. You can do that. That's fine. But I'm just saying, there's so much more, (laughs) so many more avenues to Flavortown. There are so many other feet in the world. (laughs) You don't have to be aroused by your own feet. You can be aroused by other people's feet. (laughs) So, so this person has been has been wondering why they haven't found love, and little did they know, all they had to do was look up and and lock eyes with with every person that they pass. <laughs> um, I think there's a there's a certain like there's a certain period where they are relearning how to make eye contact with people because there there is a there is a threshold at which eye contact becomes too much eye contact. I mean, you and I have talked about this before. And it took
0: me a long time to learn that (laughs) so that I could master it and maintain it at all
1: times. (laughs) I mean, there were many a, a, a retrospective where I felt undressed, redressed, and then undressed again by your gaze. And that really helped me get all my feelings out, to be honest, We've become so much closer as a team now. (laughs) Uh, In the eyes of of the law and human resources, too close. But they just don't understand. Uh, Yeah, I think
0: this person is just going to have to keep looking up and never,
1: ever again look down. That That may make uh gymnastics and or tightrope walking a little bit more difficult stairs are gonna be a bitch, but <laughs> <laughs> you'll get it eventually you know i I'm gonna push or back not. on that one um i don't think uh, looking thinking about it now, like I can't remember the last time i I took the stairs and didn't like look directly at my feet uh and the only times I remember not looking at my feet while going up the stairs are times that coincidentally, I also remember busting my ass. I was gonna and say falling abso- down.
0: absolutely fucking busting it.
1: Yeah. That's- <laughs> just, just, just beefing it. Like, <laughs> Um, yeah. So, so stairs will be a problem, which I mean, granted like a life without stairs. Oh my, the, the dreams that we can have on this podcast, a life an entire world without stairs, Frank. Can I want to you... say,
0: in my experience, and I'm not going to name names, but if you don't see that ramp coming either, it can be bad news. That first step out into the void. <laughs> that comes as a little yeah. bit of a shock to the system.
1: Yeah. Why Why is that? Why is it that uh, expecting a flat surface in in one location... But it in all actuality, it being like one inch lower, like why does that <laughs> why does that completely remove our ability to to stand on said thing? I think it's for like, the same
0: reason that you sort of jerk awake suddenly in the middle of the night sometimes. Thinking about your sensual glances. <laughs> There's a demon that is eating part of your soul in that moment.
1: <laughs> well, I guess I'm in the in a Unusual or unique predicament where I always feel like you are slowly but surely consuming my soul, um, as is your your set of skills.
0: Why do you think I started this podcast, Derek?
1: But yeah, when you step on, expect to step onto a surface and it's slightly below where you intend it to be. Yeah, the, the that as your foot crosses that extra inch, like I <laughs> when that happens, I'm like, well, this is how it ends. This is. This is how I go. I would have expected it to be some sort of like chicken or beef based accident. But no, it it was, I knew it. I knew it all along. I, I never trusted the stairs. (laughs) And, and
0: And here here we are. At the end, they have let me down (laughs) for the last time.
1: (laughs) Uh, Literally and metaphorically. Hmm. Frank, you want to punch the clock? Let's punch the clock, Derek. You're going to have to stop talking like that, Frank.
0: We got work to do. First, pick up your time card. (laughs) Insert the time card. Oh, no. Oh, no. Into the time clock. You are gonna have to start reading the question you're gonna have to start reading the end bit, Derek, or else I'm just gonna keep going down this rabbit hole I and no am one wants
1: Wildly. St- I am
0: wildly uncomfortable. No, holy shit. No one wants this to continue.
1: <laughs> Most of all me. <laughs> right. Before we go, please send us in your questions. Uh we, we love them. We we need them. Uh, So if you have any questions about work or life that you think it would be funny for us to cover, please send them to questions at WLICast.com. We also have a website. You can go to WLICast.com and see some cool shit there. If you want to support us, you can go to Patreon.com forward slash WLICast, get yourself some cool swag and support the show. We would really appreciate that. And please do us a solid and tell someone you know about the show. Getting more listeners and growing our audience will only mean good things. And and frankly, it gives you more people to talk about us, too. Which certainly is great for us. We're
0: the best subject of conversation to have. But please, do your part and spread the word. This has been the Work-Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I am
1: wildly uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> and with that, <laughs> um, I think we're going to have... To transfer you. Directly to HR, so you can complain about this bit. I do think there is a need for uncomfortable tech support. This could turn tech support from a cost center into a profit center. Instead of tech support, it could be called sex support? Yeah, that's a little too on the nose, Derek. And also I think sets up some expectations that maybe could not be filled.